0: Welcome to Fandom Power.
1: Greetings all. Why, hello there. Uh, Welcome all tonight. We're going to do a dive into the new show focusing on everybody's
2: favorite purple archers, Hawkeye archers plural archers plural (laughs) there's more than one oh it's uh it's been a while since we well i guess it hasn't been that long since we dove on a marvel property but uh, not not too long loki wasn't that long ago and then there was what if there was yeah yeah there was uh my god the the rate that stuff is coming out though and we talked about this before there's enough stuff coming out that uh, it, it can be difficult to, to stay on top of it if we're going to potentially do these the, this particular style of, uh, of review on that. So yep. there's, fortunately, there's so much out there, it's hard to keep up. Uh, yeah, and I'm not going to argue with you on that because it's <laughs> just there, there's so much out now and there's so much more more coming. Uh, so what how many how many uh, parts are we on this one? Uh,
1: we are six parts, there's uh, six episodes, and we already have two yeah. of them
2: given to us. So. And that's going to take us right up to uh, right up to December. Yep, when we get right back into uh, our Star Wars stuff with the, uh, book, of the book of Boba Fett. So, uh, it's Wes and Andy. Yep. here we are back for uh, another edition of Phantom Power. This time it's uh, on target. <laughs> that's our uh, pithy title for this uh particular marvel series and it's a again it's our deep dive on uh on marvel studios hawkeye
1: so uh yep um our regular co-host hank he can't join us this evening but uh he's uh quietly working away on some future projects busy making there. music
2: man it's gonna be good there's a lot of creative stuff going on here between the uh the team Yep. <laughs> so uh While the
1: character of Clint Barton has been around since June of 1964, he has adopted a number of personas over the years, one of which they pulled into the MCU, and that would be Ronan. And because of that, the Hawkeye series is able to bring our two main characters much quicker together than they did in the comic.
2: Well, see, this is it. I've said it before, but uh, the MCU uh, at this point, it, it is my it is my window into the comic books, right? I mean, the, the, the movie or sorry, the comic books have influenced the movies. Uh, The movies have now influenced sort of the comic books. And it's a, this we've said it before. It's this uh, like tail wagging the dog kind of scenario now really is. And I am so out of touch with what's happening in comic books now that, like I say, this is my, this is my window. So when I, when I see this stuff, I'm like, okay, this is, this is what's happening.
1: Fair enough. Uh, our second hero of the show is Kate Bishop, and she's been around a while now as well, uh, making her first appearance in Young Avengers number one, back in two thousand five. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but she did not adopt the Hawkeye title for at least one year because that would be passed on to her. Okay. Uh, by Captain America officially taking the mantle and giving it to her in uh, the June 2006 issue of young Avengers
2: well so here I want to talk about this for a second is the uh, the young Avenger thing because my my only exposure to young Avengers is through the uh, the Marvel uh, Marvel Studios directed DVD uh, animated film young Avengers where now was she a part of that I don't remember her being a part of that she I might have been I can't all. remember Uh, does, does the team essentially follow that kind of, uh, I don't think it's going to follow that through this series, but
1: all current series seem to be laying foundations for it
2: for young Avengers Yeah, that the, I, well, in the comic books, it's, or sorry, in the animated film, it's what, uh, the, the, ch- there's a child between Steve Rogers and Natasha Romanov who is essentially the, the new, the new captain America. Is that, yeah. do I understand that
1: right? I don't yeah, know if I do or not. Possibly. Uh, I cannot recall it for the life yeah, yeah. at the
2: moment though. It's an interesting uh, the the film is actually it's not that bad. Um it's okay. They basically it's a it's a Ultron is the villain and they right. need to go and find the Hulk who helps them out to to finish but
1: mm, makes sense.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh here we have our comic book version of uh Cape Bishop. Oh, interesting. In
1: the full purple, so purple is the big theme. Sure, sure. And there are some slight changes to her origin, like differing from the comic book version. And uh, we have Jeremy Renner returning as Clint Barton from yep, his appearances. And uh, this go around, we have
2: Haley Steinfeld. Steinfeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the role of Kate Bishop. Um, do you remember her in anything else before Bumblebee? Uh, actually, I do. Oh, you do. Okay, you may so remember I
1: her from the remake of True Grit with uh, Matt Damon. Wait, wait.
2: So you d- are you
1: telling me that was her? That and was True Maddie. Yeah, it was oh, Maddie. Oh, okay, okay. And then in the Pitch Perfect franchise as well.
2: Okay, well, and see now, Pitch Perfect is not my thing.
1: So. That, that's my wife's thing, so that's why I'm exposed to it there. But uh,
2: yeah, man, she was like, I'm a huge, tra- uh, no surprise, I'm a huge Transformer fan, so I really enjoyed her role in transformers. And so when they said, Oh, she was going to play the new, the new Hawkeye, I'm like, Oh, that could be fun and, and funny. Uh, but I did not realize that that was her in true grit. Oh, okay. So, uh, our first episode goes like this.
1: It's called never meet your heroes with a runtime of 50 minutes, uh, directed by rise Thomas and written by Jonathan Igla. Okay. So this episode opens in 2012 with a quick fly through to establish that from an early age, uh, Kate has been a high achiever in many different aspects. And as we fly through, we get some trophies, we get some memorabilia. And I think it's important to point out that the. Uh,
2: the pattern on the frame. Is no coincidence. Uh Wait a minute. When you see the pattern on the frame, the frame of the the, the photo or yeah, with all the little hexagons, <sighs> are you saying that we're tying that back to WandaVision or uh,
1: I don't necessarily know that we're tying it directly to WandaVision, but considering Wanda's connection to the Avengers, the West coast Avengers. Okay. Probably not mistaken.
2: See now to me, like my, as I, as I say, the, the shows and the movies, that is my my window into the comic book. So when I see the, the hexagonal uh, motif, I automatically think when you say like uh oh we're gonna we're gonna look at this, I'm like it's gotta be WandaVision because of the, the dome, the the magic effect. True. The pattern
1: is not the only thing to note here. Uh, also you gotta take notice that uh Father Derek is more prevalent in her life in the comic books. He was more absentee. Okay. And in this version, it's, you know, she's daddy's girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, even daddy is, like, trying to convince her to bond more with the mother. But uh, we find out that uh, Derek and Eleanor are having a fight about money. And Kate is eavesdropping through a vent and accidentally knocks over a book, cueing her parents that she's been listening. And dad comes up to check. And... You know, outside names, it doesn't appear like they're leaning too much into the comic book origins. Okay. Because the parents go. As far as parents go in this version, Derek is like, you know, caring, attentive, protective of his daughter. Sure. And, you know, he's even suggesting, you know, go have lunch with your mom so he can get some work done and you can bond. And it's really clear, like she favors him over her, but that doesn't stop her from trying
2: I thought, you know, in, in the first episode, there is a stark change in the characterization to Kate's mother, uh, in 2012, when we see them sort of pre invasion of New York to where we pick up what, uh, five, six, seven years later or whatever. Yeah. 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 Like there is a sharp contrast to the way that she's portrayed, you know, uh, when Kate is obviously young versus when, you know, when we pick up the series and in real time.
1: Yeah. Cause like, she's trying, she's
2: like, you know, moms can be cool too. There's a, there's this thing almost where it's like, you know, you, you, you wonder, and I mean, I, I've saw some, uh, I saw some comments online about, uh, about the mom where it's like, given how different she is after her husband's death, you, you wonder like, did she have anything to do with the death of Armand Third? Well, <laughs> again, if you lean into the comics,
1: there might be. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. But uh, for now no (laughs) okay all right um you know she goes upstairs to get the checkers and mom's downstairs checking on something and it is 2012 in new york right and we get a chitauri whale ship flying by
2: yeah you know i don't know about you for me watching this it was like as soon as they said they said i saw 2012 on the screen i'm like oh the chart the chitauri invasion is about to happen yeah like any minute and uh, it did not disappoint.
1: No, it did not. <laughs> we're even treated to a really, I mean, it's a heartbreaking visual, but it's a, uh, striking visual as well. Yeah. Uh, as one of the explosions rips, I'm guessing the father's office apart. Yeah. And we're left yeah, with yeah. poor little Kate Bishop staring up at, uh, Stark tower.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess, uh, at this point, is it Stark? Yeah, I guess it is Stark it is tower, Stark at, that tower at this point. Yeah. With just the, uh, the a, and what is it? The K hanging there on the end of it.
1: Yeah. But, uh,
2: did yeah. you see that there's a thing that has just come out here in the last couple of days uh, talking about Stark Tower? I have not. Uh, there's a line in the series where, or in the first couple episodes where they say, oh, you know, he sold Stark Tower yes. or Avengers Tower. Yep. Uh, did you hear that there's a rumor about who bought it?
1: Yeah, I've heard the rumor.
2: So the rumor goes that perhaps the uh, the Kingpin is the owner. Is it is it uh, Fisk Tower now? Hmm. I did not hear that's that not one. what you heard? I did not what hear what did that you one. hear?
1: I heard that it might be uh now the Baxter building.
2: Oh, that's an even better. Uh given the level of security in that place and what the Baxter building kind of represents, that actually makes a oh, that makes it even better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But uh
2: the Chitari continue to bear down and we see one
1: flying right at her, and it turns out that it is Hawkeye.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a
1: shot, not even knowing he was saving her, saves her.
2: And this is that sequence in the film. Uh, if you go all the way back to yeah. 2012, it's that's, just from that's a that, different angle. Yeah, it's that sequence where we follow Hawkeye right off the roof of the building and he grapple hooks back. In yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But, uh, pretty quick, you know, Eleanor finds her and she's just like, you know, mesmerized by what's going on out there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Sadly, though, we do find out that her father was killed.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it's not, uh, you know, it's not the big, like, finding, uh, you know, the, the remains of your dad. It's literally the the corner of the building is gone, ripped off. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. But uh,
2: this diverges
1: from the comics because in the comics, it was Eleanor who died on a trip rather than Derek in an oh, attack. Oh, interesting. And Kate worries, you know, what if they come back? but Eleanor does her best to reassure her that they won't.
2: Yeah. She says something to the effect of, uh, because the heroes, will, the heroes will, made yeah. them go away. Yeah. Interesting.
1: But Kate asserts, you know, I need to protect
2: us. And, and funny. They, they do come back. They do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, uh, Eleanor says, you know, what, what do you need? And she says, I need a bow and arrow.
2: Yeah. You know, watching this, the first run through and, uh, as soon as she said you know i need something and uh, I, as soon as she said it i turned to my wife and i'm like a bow and arrow and then of course he came through with it and i'm like ah ha, ha. And there you go
1: <laughs> so this this was a long sequence but it yeah sets her up and to keep it moving along we finally get to the show intro and it's an animated montage of kate's path to becoming better through archery, gymnastics, fencing,
2: martial yeah, arts. Yeah, yeah. So she I mean she's a multidisciplinary. and like not some slouch. She's a champion in all these things. Yeah, and I mean, uh, we we've seen montages before. I mean, uh, uh, Rocky obviously is the, probably the most famous for for the training montage. Yeah, is there a better way to do that? Especially when we're talking about a a young person here. I think you know it's the easiest way to establish that she's you know, she's been training. She well, this is it. Like I don't going through, I know I am supposed to buy into the fact that she's kind of on this, like elite level. Certainly she's not Clint and no. she's not Natasha. Although, you know, from the visuals
1: with time, she could, well, be this there.
2: is it. I mean, visually speaking, the show would have you believe that she is kind of some middle ground between them, like in terms of style, right down to the head scissor, Natasha with the the head scissor in every movie. True. And Kate pulls it off in, in the first two episodes.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, but we do catch up with her at university in the present day, and we're treated to our first Easter egg. And that would be a plaque showing that the university clock tower is named after Obadiah Stain.
2: It, so I, I caught the Stain Tower thing. I didn't know if that's what they were going for. That is absolutely what they're yeah, going yeah, for. Yeah, it yeah.
1: says it was rededicated on July 1st of 2006 by
2: Obadiah Stane. Obadiah Stane. In honor uh, of. Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Yep. All the way back to Iron Man 1. And True Grit. Yes, and True Grit.
1: <laughs> so uh, we get that. And then we come to find a purple clad. Kate has taken a bet to ring the clock tower. Yeah. And with a well-placed shot, she lands it, but it just kind of like a bing.
2: The whole sequence uh, plays like this. It's played for comedy. Uh, totally. And it, and it works. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to go down the way it did. I didn't think she was going to drop the entire thing.
1: Well, I think you really need to read that plaque and realize that that's the oldest clock tower in America. Okay. So, you know, it's been there forever. Yeah, sure, sure. In dire need of repair. Oh, I mean, really, she's doing them a favor.
2: (laughs) If you're not the one paying for it. Well, she's not. (laughs) No, she's not.
1: But uh, we do see her line up and we get to see her use her first trick arrow.
2: The tennis ball arrow.
1: Tennis ball with a little bit of a grappling hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, with a couple minor adjustments, she launches that thing and it finds its mark, grabbing the rope and ringing the bell. But old as it is, the bell ringing causes it to come loose. And you know, it's causing significant
2: damage to it. Would this have played better if they'd actually given us some indication that the bell hasn't rung in X number of years? That's possible. Cause I thought, what's the big deal about making the bell ring? And then next thing you know, it's falling apart. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I think, you know, a bit more of a light on that saying how old it was. Could have played better. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But that would have given away your
2: Easter egg too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
1: but as it's ringing and destroying the tower, uh, campus security catches her and it's just crumbling behind her, like falling to pieces. Yeah. And then we cut to New York at Christmas time
2: where, we Oh find, boy.
1: Uh, Rogers, the musical on opening night.
2: So we talked about this before when we, we talked about, uh, the Disney plus day, uh, the, that we did. And, uh, I think I had mentioned to you like, Hey, do you think we're going to see uh, any of the the actual musical?
1: And yes, we do. <laughs> we get to see almost one entire song.
2: What did you think of the, uh, the Rogers, the musical? It eh, wasn't bad. Would you pay money for it? I might. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at it like, are they really doing this in te- like, can't really lie about this. The, the, the performances are over the top. Oh, They're it's almost satirical in its portrayal, and you have to wonder: like, did they do that on purpose?
1: I think so, because we cut to a glimpse. We find Clinton and the kids are actually in the audience, and both Clinton and Lila are kind of you know
2: rolling. Well, I mean, look at look and... at the expression. They have literally have the same expression. Like, oh. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like you and I talked about this before and it's like, wait, so Clint is actually going to, to, to see this. It's a musical about an event in his life. Yep. The question was, did he pay for his tickets? I would assume so. I agree with you because I'm thinking like, but the, the reverse side of that is you've gone and you've made Rogers the musical. We know that, that Steve is no longer with us at this point you know, uh, uh, the events of, of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier have occurred and now Sam Wilson is Captain America, but you gotta think that if you were a superhero and you were involved in saving the world multiple times, that if they made a musical about your life, you would be invited to the, the premiere? Yeah. Do you, don't do you think Like the, the surviving members of the Avengers would have been invited? You would think so, but
1: uh, Kate Bishop's character actually brings up a nice point later
2: in episode two yeah about his
1: branding and how he does been say like that the low-key Avenger the one that's kind of shied away and- it's not
2: his ability it's his he's just not uh he's not visible enough because he doesn't have the right branding yeah interesting
1: but uh back
2: to the musical
1: yeah uh, as the show continues you know he gets to see somebody portray Natasha on stage right and he kind of focuses in and gets lost on it you know with her being gone but pretty quick lila picks up on this and you know are you okay yeah yeah and he's like no no i'm, I'm fine i'm fine
2: it's that whole to me it's that whole notion of we saw it in endgame where the whole it should have been me yeah and i think that it's that uh i, I think the word uh survivor guilt, guilt yeah 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 but uh, she quickly recognizes this and uh
1: then he's also recognized by another young fan, a few rows over and he gets a little yeah. bit overwhelmed yeah, by yeah, it. Yeah. So he's like, I just, I need a break. And he goes off and uh, takes his break for a minute. But a side note here, the musical number that we see in the show has been released by Marvel in its entirety. For oh, wow. Everyone to listen to. <laughs> so if you want to go find it, it is save the city.
2: Okay. Wait. So, I mean, is it, is it on uh, streaming?
1: It is on YouTube right
2: now. Oh, it's on YouTube. Okay. So that's cool.
1: So you get the musical version and just basically this screen, but
2: do you get, uh, he needs a break and where does he go? I mean, naturally the, where do you go when you need to get away?
1: Yeah, Go to the bathroom, the bathroom. And uh, (laughs) once he's in there, you know, some graffiti causes some pause for thought. And uh, so is that
2: Thanos was right. Okay. So that, that I think it's the first time we've seen it. And, uh, oh my God first time we've seen it
1: since uh falcon and winter soldier because it, the basis of that was you know thanos wasn't wrong
2: that's right yeah yeah the idea that there is a uh a portion of the population that actually believes or thinks that he was right yeah that's uh that's a tough nut to, to crack a tough one to swallow really mm.
1: but uh in the bathroom you know he's approached by yet another fan Who's leaning oh. in, like this is
2: not the time to do
1: it? But he leans in like one stall over. He's like, Oh a selfie would be really rad. The
2: the whole idea, like, hey man, can you can you give me an autograph? And and Clint in his this isn't the time. And then the next scene is him washing his hands, and, and it's like buddy's a he's right about, behind him again. How about now? Yeah. Like, what part of that do you not get? Like, I'll see you outside. Yeah. Outside this particular room. Uh, just a quick segue on that. Like that's a real, I all, I, <laughs> that that's happened to celebrities and oh, yeah. I'm sure it happens like that all the time, but specifically uh, um, I'm a big fan of uh, the band Rush and uh, the lead singer and, and bass player for Rush, Getty Lee actually cites that exact example about being asked for an autograph in the bathroom. And he said, you know, uh, uh, my, my, Hands are kind of full, you know. Ha ha ha! Literally, as he's holding on to himself, going <laughs> to the bathroom, like I'll I'll see you outside, kind of thing. So when they actually made the the joke out of that, I'm like, oh, you you've seen the same interview I've seen.
1: <laughs> it was also a joke in The Big Bang Theory because Sheldon has restraining orders against him for that very thing. Uh, against
2: uh, yes, uh, Leonard Nimoy. Uh, yes, Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> uh,
1: that's it's, so funny. Uh, yeah, with all that, you know, he goes seeking refuge and he goes outside for some air. Right, But pretty quick, Lila finds him, and again, showing wisdom beyond her years, she tells him it's okay if he doesn't want to watch the show, because she knows Natasha was his best friend.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, how do you think it's it's that? Do you think that there's been, because I know this kind of comes up I- I in a broader sense about who knows what about Clint Barton, uh, particularly where Ronan is concerned, because we, we learn that the general public clearly does not know know. so then you have this like we know natasha and and clint were very close i mean there's the the running joke about budapest throughout the entire mcu and then finally we get to experience what budapest is how much did he actually tell his family
1: i think he told his wife everything you think so but maybe not everything to the kids
2: yeah yeah that's fair yeah
1: that's fair with that you know his sons come out as well and they decide they're going to bail on the rest of the musical in favor of other Christmas time activities. Yeah, in yeah, New York. yeah, yeah. And we switch gears and we find Kate has arrived back in the city and her mother, you know, phones her and says, you know, you got to come here first. Right. But the reunion goes from pleasant to admonishment fairly quickly because Eleanor is now on the hook to replace an irreplaceable clock tower so she tells me you know starting with this we've canceled your credit cards
2: and we're going to have a longer
1: discussion later about this
2: well tower. there there's something else that i uh did not pick up on immediately was that they are like uber wealthy yeah i did not get that i'm like oh okay there i actually thought that uh armand's nephew our our main protagonist for the show actually thought he was the one with the money and I thought, okay, maybe there was a life insurance policy on the on the dad. Maybe not realizing that, oh, they own a very large corporation that yeah, a security makes, firm. yeah that makes a ton of money. Yeah, I mean, who's paying for that apartment, right? Yeah. But uh, she tells her, you know,
1: rich people think they're invincible, and teenagers think they're invincible. Yeah, you're both.
2: Oh yeah. So yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Can't
1: keep doing this like you are. And she says, you know, you should accompany me to this charity auction. But before they can move on, she looks around and Kate asks her, you know, what's going on with all the swords. And this is definitely some foreshadowing.
2: Well, even I had the same, the same sort of like, What this is the the decor of the apartment is like stark contrast to their their apartment in 2012. Yeah. So clearly, I mean it's it's the boyfriend it's not yeah it's
1: uh, his influence because we are pretty quickly introduced by, to a character named jack played yes. by tony dalton
2: anglo uh, anglicized from uh, the french mm-hmm. jock yes but we'll get to that in a bit okay
1: uh, you may recognize him from his other portrayals particularly
2: as lalo salamanca in better call saul oh see now I'm so behind on that that I wouldn't have known that. Oh, you got to catch up on that one. Okay. Fair enough.
1: Uh, Jack quickly whisks Eleanor away to the auction party and Kate is visibly taken aback at his presence. But uh, her mom tells her, you know, we'll talk more at the party and we
2: get to cut back to Clint who is now enjoying a meal with the kids. Do you know just for a second here, the phone call, uh, what are you doing? Oh, I've just got to, you know, go home, go to my apartment. We'll come here first. Yeah. And then she goes there first and then For what?
1: Well, we find out at the party for what.
2: I know we find out for what, but it's just like when you're watching it the first time through, it's like.
1: You could have said something there.
2: Why didn't you? Uh, And then have to. Yeah, we'll get to that. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that sets up the other part with Armand. Um, We cut back to Clint, who is enjoying the meal and making plans to go see a huge Christmas tree down the street. And they get an unexpected phone call from his wife, Laura, played again by Linda Cardellini.
2: Yeah, Linda Cardellini. Yeah, She's
1: yep. returning again. And she expects them home the next day for Christmas holidays. And they finish up the call. And as the waiter approaches, he tells Clint, you know, dinner's on us. And Clint's like, No, no, that's not necessary. But sure, like, sure. It is necessary. You save the city.
2: Well, and good for him. I mean, that there is some recognition there. I mean, uh, have we had the moment uh where the the Times Square bit where like, look, look, a superhero. Uh, not yet. That kind of. Oh, later. okay. Okay. Yeah. But it's the same. It's the, it's the inverse of that. Right. Because yeah. in that scene, it's like, look, look, a superhero. And the kids run right past them to the, the ones in costume. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, they switch a
1: lot. Like you shift gears between the two of them. Yeah. A whole lot throughout both episodes. Right. Right. And uh, next we shift back over to the party. And Kate has arrived, but not in the red dress laid out for her. By no,
2: her no, I'm gonna she, do it my way. Yeah, she shows up yeah, yeah. in
1: a black tuxedo, all black, and is yes. taken more than once for one of the waiters. For
2: a server.
1: <laughs> and, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, you know, basically. But in doing this, she does run into old family friend Armand Duquesne, the third. Yes, and that particular actor is played by uh, Simon Callow. Yeah. And they banter back and forth about old times and new and he spills the beans about, uh, about the upcoming wedding. His nephew and her mother yep. are now engaged. Yep, Yeah. Which leads her to, uh, confront her mother pretty quick, citing that this is incredibly fast, but Eleanor asks her, you know, is there not a part of you that can be happy for me?
2: And yeah. And says, that's a fair yeah. question too. Yep. I think that's the whole, when you're a kid, I mean, everything is, man, your whole world is sort of, you know, Man, yeah, I mean, I've lived through a, a divorce and even at the age of, Oh my God, it was 18 when it happened. It still is a bit of a like, Oh, so I mean, how old would she have been in 2012? What do what do we think here? Oh, She's a is she a college graduate at this point? No. Uh, she says she's twenty two at this. She's twenty two, and and I would peg her for twelve, probably ten or 12, 11 or twelve in in uh, twenty twelve. Oh, there's some math to take into because there's a five year jump between
1: Infinity War and Endgame.
2: We don't know was she or her parents any of Lift. the the fifty percent. We don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting too. Yeah,
1: but uh, she's you know, taken aback by it. And she says, I need some air and she goes outside. And it's at this point, she meets the one eyed dog. Yep. And this particular dog had a much longer path being introduced in the comic version. Okay. Uh, He was introduced as arrow and he belonged to Ivan Banyanis. Okay. Of the tracksuit mafia. Okay. And after Clint Barton showed him a little bit of kindness, he turned on Ivan Attacking one of the tracksuits, which ends <laughs> nice. up costing him his left eye. Nice. So Clint, you know, rushes him to the veterinary and saves him and eventually renames him Lucky. Lucky.
2: Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
1: And he would eventually come to live with Clint and Kate. Yeah. But when Kate moves to Los Angeles, she takes him with him. Oh, cool. But for the MCU, this is his first introduction and he quickly runs off. Yeah. 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 Uh, Kate heads back in though and she finds, uh, her mother in a hallway with Armand and they're in an argument.
2: Yes. Yes, they are.
1: And we never do find out about what, because when she asks her mother, you know, why was Armand threatening you? Yeah. She just brushes it off and says, you know, I don't even know. Let's go back to the party.
2: And she did the exact, you know what? In that moment, she did exactly what I would have done. I just witnessed some dude shaking down my mom. Yeah. There's no way in hell that you could, convince me of not confronting that person i would have done exactly
1: the same thing yeah because she and she says oh yeah i'll come back to the party but instead you know turns around and follows armand right and And, uh uh, she's pretty quick on her feet though because she adapts you know knowing that she already looks like one of the wait staff yeah she grabs a tray through the kitchen and follows him down to the wine cellar uh yeah yeah where she finds him jack and a whole host of other rich folks engaging in an illegal auction (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, the is like, these items are for home display only, and they have no idea where you got Yeah, them you have
2: from. no idea where you got these from.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately, though, her cover is quickly blown alone by the other waiter, and she makes a quick retreat to a shadowy corner where she inadvertently finds some Russian criminals plotting behind a doorway. Right. And uh, the next item up for bid turns out to be the sword of Ronin.
2: The Ronin sword. Okay, so there's a huge divergence here from yes, the previous uh, appearance of this weapon
1: because they explain that it is a retractable sword. Yeah, that completely contradicts what we saw in Endgame.
2: The fact that Clint had a sheath on his back. Yeah, with no need to retract. Right. The fact that it's now a retractable thing. I had said to you earlier in the week, I'm like, was that a budgetary thing? But then again, uh, you've got to you've got to come up with the uh, the the, uh, the CGI to to retract it. So I mean, clearly, I mean, you're spending more money on it. <laughs> I, I think they did it strictly for a story beat because
1: the next one would not make any sense. Uh,
2: the next item on
1: the uh, uh, option, no, or? the next the next part that happens. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, because bidding it starts at two hundred thousand, and it's yep. Jack and Armand who are bidding in a war for it. Right. And Armand remarks to him, "You know, you don't have the money."
2: Yeah. So Jack yeah,
1: yeah. slyly says, "I'll inherit it someday."
2: Yes. So, and uh, perhaps some more foreshadowing is, I was going to say, is that our first indication that uh, Jack is perhaps not as honest uh, with his fiance as he should have been.
1: Well, that we find out.
2: No, he's not being completely honest. He plays the, the, the playboy type, if I can use the stereotype, but you know, for Armand to say, you don't have that kind of
1: money. Yeah. But at the same time, they're they're feeding us this clue, and I think it's a like a throwaway, like a red herring. Oh, okay. Because you know the final price, four hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, it goes to Armand. Yeah. And just as the next come, the next item comes up for bid, it's the companion piece, the Ronan costume, also recovered from the Avengers. From compound.
2: the Avengers, uh, yes.
1: Uh, an explosion rips through the place, and it causes the building to shake and the power to go out. And in all the confusion. Jack rushes up and grabs the sword.
2: So this is where, like, I don't know, I mean, uh, exactly where you, how you've structured uh, your notes. But at this point, do we suspect that Jack is directly in league with the uh, the tracksuit gang?
1: I would say no, because okay. in a couple seconds here, as he's trying to leave, they're ready to gun him down.
2: Uh, that, I guess so. That's,
1: yeah. But as far as the retractable portion goes, he needs to fit it in his jacket. And you oh, not you know fit what? That
2: thing. In no, Jack. there's no way you could conceal that.
1: No. <laughs> with so a I think thing. that is why.
2: But That's it. Okay. Story beat, though. I guess to, yeah. to do that. Maybe there was more than one Ronan sword. It's quite possible. I guess. Yeah. You know.
1: Had his main one and a backup one.
2: I guess so. But, uh,
1: you know, Jack makes his play. He grabs the sword and stuffs it in his pocket before going to look for Armand. And the criminals make their way through the building. And they remark, you know, we only have 90 seconds to find the watch. Everything else sure, is yeah, secondary. Yeah.
2: And they say that the watch, this ambiguous, like, find it. Like, yeah. wait, what are we talking
1: about? Yeah. And they never really dive back in on that.
2: No, but, but uh, where are you at with that?
1: I've I got a possibility.
2: And what do you think?
1: Oh, I'll, I'll get there. Oh, okay. Second.
2: Okay. We'll hold it for later.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So uh, the question really is, you know, if the Ronin sword and the costume were recovered from the Avengers compound, yeah, what else was about to come up in this auction?
2: Yeah, you got two items. So, I mean, what else? That's a perfect question, too. What else could have been pulled out of there? Yeah,
1: because uh, as we see Kate wanting to escape and yet conceal her identity, she's given an opportunity and she grabs the Ronin
2: suit. Well, I mean, can I just speculate for a second? Sure. I'm going to give you one line from that movie and just keep in mind the future of Marvel television and what's coming when I say canopy, canopy, canopy. Mm -hmm. What else came out of there? Possibly. Do you know what I mean? Like with the Armor Wars uh, series announced. Yeah. For absolutely. I mean, Brody just popped, like he ejected out of a suit underneath that compound like
1: and then went and found a different one right the the Patriot, uh,
2: yeah the the new iron patriot yeah so definitely again the the reach of tony stark it's it it is far reaching yeah yeah
1: yeah so meanwhile the criminals are loading up a laundry truck outside with bags and bags full of stolen stuff so it leaves you the question what is in there yeah but uh, jack armand and some others they're trying to leave and they're stopped by a masked criminal at gunpoint and, you know, Armand's like, don't you know who I am?
2: Right. He's trying right. to throw
1: his rich status around, but it uh, doesn't matter. The yeah, they don't care. No. <laughs> but before he can fire, he's quickly dispatched by Kate in the Ronin suit. Yes. And, you know, she's like, come on, let's go get out of here. And the criminals just open fire. And while the other upstairs guests, they're leaving down in the basement, one criminal's like, it's a Ronin, it's a and It's interesting that they immediately recognize. They do. And that lets us know that they have crossed paths technically with clint in the past yes but one criminal gets the drop on her and he's looking at her and he's like
2: ronan because you know she's a lot smaller than clint yes, was. yes way more slight uh a little shorter <laughs> smaller in the frame
1: yeah but uh she manages to take a few more out before making her exit out the hole they blew in the wall and outside we see that the criminals have indeed acquired the watch and we find out yes it was another item recovered from the avengers compound
2: Oh, when you so see that the, the see watch this, with the red face and the it's, I mean, very clearly it's a Tony Stark. Yeah. Which or, it, watch
1: it really closely resembles that this limited edition luxury Tony Stark watch from Meister watches. Do you, yeah. I mean, and it might not be the exact same one, but that's a real
2: world watch. That's a real world. Yeah. There's only 200
1: yeah, yeah. of those in the world that you can acquire. So I would assume very high. Do
2: energy. you think that it's, you know, I mean, Tony being Tony, how many times did he pull a a Michael Knight and just like talking to his wrist or talking to his glasses? Right. Where the, you know, first the Jarvis AI and then the Friday AI
1: and then like the gauntlets and everything else. Do
2: you think that the watch is an AI enabled piece of technology? It might be like, it could be a nanotech suit in the form of a watch. And that takes me back to what I said before. Canopy, canopy, canopy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> are we getting the setup for armor war here? We might be. Yeah, maybe
1: as, as maybe just like a throwaway because after this, they don't talk about it again.
2: No secret. That is my uh, most anticipated uh, project for Marvel television coming up. Nice.
1: So as we uh, see the criminal saying, you know, Oh, I found the watch. uh, We inspect it and we get a really condensed version of Lucky's origin. Yep. Because he attacks said criminal and he's you know biting him down but he's also getting beat and kate saves him
2: uh yeah she so does
1: we don't know it yet but technically lucky is biting one of the tracksuit mafia yeah yeah he is even is, though we don't did. know that yet yeah. yeah but uh she runs up kicks the criminal in the head and saves him and he darts off but he darts off into traffic and then yep. you know kate goes in pursuit and ends up saving him from getting hit by a bus and in doing so she's in full view of the public And we know from later footage that she's been caught on cell phone.
2: And Uh, I just want to say, looking at this image of her holding Lucky in that embrace and seeing the uh, ridiculous, uh, there's no other way to say this the ridiculousness of that hood on her. (laughs) The fact that, you know, she is not anywhere near the size of Jeremy Renner. No. So the idea that this is supposed to be the same the same Ronin suit that he wore it's a little comical and a little bit it, it takes you out of it just a little bit to go like oh this isn't even close no um but again suspension of disbelief and and yeah. so you kind of roll with it
1: yeah because I think mainly it's just the vest and the hood
2: yeah there's nothing else to the yeah. load. maybe the gloves as well I guess That's maybe possible
1: but uh we do see her save the dog and then they quickly flee because police and EMS are arriving on scene. Yeah. And members of the tracksuit mafia also post a hasty retreat because of the sirens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't want to be around. No, no. They want to get away with their loot. And we shift gears again. And back in Clint's hotel room, we see breaking news come on and the TV is like the first sighting of Ronan in years. And it causes Clint to have like a flashback to his Ronan days.
2: I think as a viewer, that was the first time where I kind of stopped and gave pause to the idea that, Oh yeah. The general public does not know that Clint Barton was Ronan. No, that, I mean, that uh, still hidden. you think about, um, uh, I'm going to use the Natasha analogy one more time about how much, again, the general public doesn't know that Natasha was a Russian spy either, but you know, in terms of like, you know, where governments are concerned, there was a lot that was forgiven for Natasha, but I mean, Ronan, I guess is a little bit different in the sense that that was a personal crusade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, uh, back and then we switch again back to Kate's apartment and she postures, you know, why is Armand threatening my mother? Yeah. Why is he buying illegal swords? And why did he have, or did he have anything to do with the break-in? And she leaves some pizza for lucky, which is another callback to the comics because he's like lucky the pizza dog. Yes. Um, she then makes her way to Armand's place to question him about the evening's events. And upon arriving, not only does she find that he has his own monogrammed butterscotch. Uh,
2: yeah, that's right. Which is going to play. It will play. Two. Yeah. In that's going to come two. up later. Yeah.
1: But, uh, we find that he has unfortunately been murdered. Uh, very much so.
2: Yeah. Efficiently and brutally. Like that's a lot of blood laying there.
1: It is. So, uh, you know, she comes in, she finds this. And before long, one of Armand's assistants has returned with his dry
2: cleaning and his dinner. I'm not going to lie. At this point, I actually thought that with Kate standing there in the Ronan suit, that she was going to get fingered for the murder.
1: Well, she may yet because somebody spotted her leaving the scene.
2: Yeah. 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 I thought the housekeeper, yeah. the lady was going to like, Oh my God. Yeah, she's too focused on. Yeah. Her yeah. Body yeah. Though, so.
1: You know, she exits the scene and uh, she's on the run pretty quick and she's cornered by the criminals from the break-in. And after trading blows with a few of them, she takes refuge in an unlocked car. But it's short-lived because one of the criminals smashes out the window. Right. And just as he's about to strike, an unseen assailant proceeds to take them down efficiently. Yes. And he then pulls Kate from the car and forces her down an alleyway, unmasking her to find out she's just a young woman but she instantly recognizes him as Hawkeye,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. and you know, he's left with, Who the hell are you, doesn't he? Uh, or is it in the beginning of the next one where he's like, Are you kidding me?
1: Uh, actually, I think he says, it Here, are you kidding me? Yeah, Who are you? Yeah, 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 you know, and with that, you know, we cut to black and our first episode ends.
2: We're talking, uh, what a 40 minute episode, uh, 51. I Was it oh, 51 for the first episode? Yeah, did you feel like Did it feel like a 51 minute episode? No,
1: it was really fast paced.
2: I felt that the pacing was pretty good as well. Um, anything stand out for you in the first one?
1: Um, after doing my research, I didn't realize there was as many comic book nods in there as there were.
2: Yeah. I I can only imagine again, like I said, I'm,
1: I know I missed some, I know I did
2: being as far removed from comic books now as I, as I am, I don't, I don't appreciate that as much. um, For me, I'm going to go with uh, how cringeworthy Rogers the musical was. I actually was hoping that we'd see some of it. And now that we have, I wish we had. (laughs) Sorry to say that, Marvel, but uh, sometimes too much is too much. There's still a call
1: out there to make it
2: happen. Sometimes more is more. (laughs) It may come to Broadway someday. You know what, though? If they do so, we talked about this before in our, our Disney Plus thing where, they flirted with this before with uh, Matt Damon and uh, Sam, uh, Sam Neill doing the, the Asgardian, the, the plays.
1: Yeah.
2: And it's like, Oh, that's funny. Ha, ha ha ha. And then we saw this like Rogers, the musical thing. And then they actually gave us a, a, a taste of that. If star Wars can make it as a musical, I guess you could adapt you could adapt some of the uh, the MCU into a musical, I'd say but so. it would have to be done more lovingly than the satire we got in Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that.
1: Fair enough. All
2: right. Where are we going next? Uh, Disney was kind enough to give us two episodes this week. So uh, we move on to episode two. All right. Two for one. Uh, that seems to be the the thing lately. Mm, dropping did, the first two at once. Did we not get two two Cap, uh sorry, it's it's Cap America. To, uh Falcon and the Winter Soldier at once. I believe so. I think we did. Uh, yeah, two for one. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. Uh, this
1: episode is called Hide and Seek. Runtime of fifty-two minutes. Uh, directed again by Rise Thomas, and this one is written by Elisa Clement. Okay. Uh, this one picks up directly where we left in episode one. We find Clinton in the alley with Kate, and she goes on to introduce herself, and then quickly edge it because or nah, quickly exit the scene. Because, you know, he says there are dangers in wearing this suit,
2: which you do not know. Did you find the way that she interacts with him, like even in the alleyway, like if he didn't pull the mask off of her and realize that it's a kiss, he says a kid, she was getting dummied. Like yeah. there's no question in my mind, but the way that she, I don't want to say disarms him, but verbally disarms him that there is this childlike not innocence, but there is a childlike quality to her. Do you feel, do you get the impression to me? It's very similar to the character she played in Bumblebee. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Because uh, in a second here, you know, they, they go, she's taken with her hero. Like,
2: yes, absolutely. Star
1: moment. And, uh, you know, on the way back, she tells him of her training and how some people call her the world's greatest archer. yeah yeah, right down he's like are you one of those people and she's like maybe (laughs) and then once they're in the apartment you know he's all business he's like i want the ronin suit and she's like no problem but she's starstruck at the same time yeah you her going up the stairs she's like oh my god the hawkeye is in my apartment yeah and she comes back down and she's like you know i've answered your questions i got about a million for you but first can you sign my bow can you sign this yeah so uh you know, starstruck. She wants that autograph. She wants some tips and tricks. And
2: but you, know, he, you and I, in our personal lives, have had a lot of celebrity interaction. Have you ever fawned over somebody like that? Oh, absolutely. Oh, really? I have. Really? I, I, Fan Expo a couple times. Actually. I mean, I always feel like, and I've said this before. To me, those experience Fan Expo, Comic Con, or other conventions. Those experiences, I feel are what I would call canned experiences because you're, you're paying for them at the venue is already the, there's a predisposition to, okay, I am going to meet my fans today. Therefore I have to be in re- fan receiving mode, but this is something completely different. And here she is, uh, pardon the pun, but she gushing like a fanboy.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: But, uh, you know, he's, he's all business and he says, how did you get the suit? Yeah. And she tells him it was a black market auction. Yes. But I didn't buy it. And, uh, he also asks, you know, what did you do in the suit? And we find out that criminals from the break-in have, you know, tracked her back. And, you know, this is another callback to the comics because we find out they are the tracksuit mafia. Right. Yeah. He does name drop it, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, you know, that's a little on the nose, but, uh, He goes on to, before we get there, he goes on to ask her, you know, did anybody see your face? And, you know, the people who wore this suit made a lot of enemies and she's certain no one else knew. And it's like a weird comedy back and forth because she's like, you know, are you sure? Yes. Are you positive? Certain? Yes, yes, yes. And then he's like, you know, did you go anywhere while you were wearing the suit? She's like, oh, I just stopped here to drop off the dog. Right, right. And then we hear them calling from the street and
2: they're like, calling for Kate Bishop. Right, so now they they know her by name. Yep, because her name is on the buzzer. And we're going to get that uh, there's that cool moment from the trailer that uh, with the Molotov.
1: Yep, yeah, they fire one through the window and fire another, but before the third can come Hawkeye breaks the window and returns it back at them, catching one of them on fire.
2: I actually really appreciated that. I mean, we've seen Hawkeye do some really cool things with a bow and arrow, but like no surprise that when they huck the the molotov through the window, that yeah. he catches it and and tosses it to back. Just yeah, just throw back. Yeah, yeah. And like I say, I just I really appreciated that. Yeah. Before long, the apartment is fully on fire,
1: and that causes Clinton Kate to leave with the dog, and they have to leave the suit behind. And you know the place is going up, but they quietly exit. Yeah, air
2: escape. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I actually thought at this point it's almost it could have been. Man, you know, we've seen tons of media before where a similar situation, there's a fire in a building and the sprinkler system goes off, but this (laughs) in light of what happens in this this has got to be the most effective sprinkler system ever portrayed on television (laughs) Uh, because the suit in my mind was lost to the fire until, until it wasn't.
1: Eh, Unless it was like one of those custom suits, got some Stark tech in it or something.
2: Oh, that's an interesting question, too. Where did the Ronan suit come from? True. Oh, that, my friends, is a story for another time. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so uh, on the move, Clint tells Kate that they need to get some supplies, and she just assumes, you know, ooh, Avenger supplies? Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. But in fact, they are going to get some Neosporin and rubbing alcohol and bandages. Well,
2: isn't that the point where she says that we're going to go to Stark Tower? Yeah. And, uh, and it's like, you know, says, I need oh, to he, find
1: a place to stash you.
2: He sold it yeah yeah
1: and she's like oh that's the saddest thing i've ever heard right but uh she's like we need a place to hide and uh he tells her you know you're about as useful to me as a bag of money right now
2: right right right
1: or no she says uh you're gonna stash me like a bag of money and he says no a bag of money would be useful
2: do we know where the the series was filmed at this point
1: uh, I do not know, but I assume I'm, it's actually shot somewhat in New York.
2: Looking at the, uh, the shelving there and the Neosporin is sitting beside a bunch of Equate branded bandits. I'm like Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> they go to Walmart for medical supplies. Maybe I guess, but, uh, Kate tells him, you know,
1: there's a place she knows about 10 blocks away. And as they get there, we get our next Easter
2: egg right
1: in the buzzer
2: with, uh, this, this passed me by so quickly. That I meant to go back and look at it to go, I need to see the names on the apartment listing to know, did they hide anything in there?
1: I honestly, I don't know if they hide anything with the other ones. Yep. But this one I did catch. Uh, Kate refers to her as her aunt, but yep. it's actually Moira Brandon. Okay. Who was first mentioned in Avengers number 246. Okay. She is a movie star within the 616. Yes. And after her career, she retired to Palos Verdes Estate. All right, which would eventually be purchased by the West Coast Avengers. Oh no way! And while Hawkeye and Mockingbird came to investigate the place, yeah. they were attacked by the villain Crossfire. Oh! And while they were down and out, they were actually saved by Moira, who used the crossbow against him. Interesting. But the stress of it was too much, and in her final moments, you know, she's like at the end of her life in the comic book.
2: Well, I mean, judging by the uh, the uh, photo you've you've uh, pulled up of her, she's definitely a senior citizen
1: Aunt may level.
2: Yeah. 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 And not, and not, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, not (laughs) uh, current Aunt May. No,
1: but uh, in her final moments, Hawkeye made her an honorary Avenger. Okay. So, but back to the MCU, uh, Kate tells them, you know, this is my aunt's place and she's in Florida for the winter.
2: Yeah. She's in Florida.
1: She may well be at that estate The other. Yeah. Yeah. But inside the apartment, we do get to see that there's a movie poster on the wall. And it's one of her films from the Marvel universe. And turns out it's creature of the dark galaxy. Okay. And I looked this up, but I could not find any reference for any specific movies that she played in.
2: So maybe it's just a fictitious, uh,
1: fictitious nod to her star career. Yeah. 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 Within the comics. But, uh, Clint tells her, you know, clean your wounds, lock the door and stay put. I'm going back for the suit. Yep and with emergency crews on scene he quietly procures a fire department jacket and makes his way into the
2: building okay now i am not a firefighter i've never have been but i have you have to accept when i say that the fire department any fire department stems uh, it's not an inaccurate description when i say they are a paramilitary organization that they have a similar command structure and when you think about full-time firefighters, full-time firefighters who live in New York City, they all live together. They all know each other. On the same shift. Yep. Was that really a convincing disguise to get through? Maybe. Uh, I it, Maybe it was two districts. It took me out of it. Well, it would have to be a multi-alarm fire to start pulling other uh, other fire companies in from other other districts of the city. But it kind of... Oh, it was one of the weaker, I'm not sure if I buy this.
1: Yeah, I, I bought it, fair enough. Okay. Um. But as he's walking in, uh, I'm not sure if the number on the helmet, 54, is significant or not.
2: To I assume this is a cover of Avengers
1: 54? Uh, this is the cover of Avengers 54. Yes. Uh, and in it, Jarvis actually betrays the Avengers and is revealed to be mm. the true Crimson Cowl. Oh. Uh, as well, the Black Knight tries to warn them, but doesn't make it in time.
2: And how do you so, live that one down, Jarvis?
1: Exactly. <laughs> but I don't know if that is like a reference to maybe the threat is coming from within. The threat from within. Oh, maybe. But, you know, like, it could be nothing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: But, uh, you know, he makes his way in and finds the suit's already gone. And that leads him back outside where he ditches the gear, but he lucks into a clue. And he finds the uh, New York LARPers sticker.
2: Oh my God. On the fire truck. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I'm like, are you telling me one of the firefighters is a LARPer? If not many of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, I laugh at that, um, and I really shouldn't, because as somebody who is a lifelong, and I mean this in, with all sincerity, as a lifelong player of role playing games, LARPing is not that far removed from the, the the that I've engaged in. No. And certainly let's be real about this. The idea of cosplaying and superheroes, it's almost like a joke within a joke.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but it's become accepted now. Of <laughs> course it, it, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course it is. Just another aspect of nerd culture. Yeah.
2: Yeah. For sure. For sure.
1: So, uh, you know, he heads back to Kate's aunt's apartment and we find her on the phone with her mom. And Clint returns. He's going to patch up his own wounds, which he's let go for now. But yep. uh, noticing how Kate did hers, he's like, No, no, you don't, you did that wrong. Let me help you out.
2: Which I have to say, he did a good job, by the way, talking about approximating the wound and then closing it with a steri strip.
1: Hmm. So, uh, medical accurate.
2: Yeah, it, it was actually pretty good. And it's
1: kind of like a father daughter bond. Uh, it,
2: yes, I'll in definitely, a way. I'll buy that for sure.
1: But, uh, she heads off to bed and he says, you know, I'll be here for a minute. And she's like, I'll see you in the morning. And, and that's like the start. She just knows he's going to be there in the morning.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He goes and with a quick Google search, he finds that uh, the New York LARPers will be around there. Hosting an event. Yep. Yeah. And because the most recent post is, uh, it shows that one of them, is indeed in possession of the costume and, Well, was there
2: not a was it was a YouTube video a uh, YouTube or, or Instagram yeah, yeah, or something
1: yeah. of the like but uh, he's basically on there he's like oh you know you've been complaining I don't have a good costume well check me <laughs> <Yeah>. out now <laughs> so uh, he knows oh, exactly so where funny. it is and then uh, we close out the night in the morning he sets his kids off in a car to the airport and Lila's pretty concerned but you know she's like promise me you'll be home for Christmas
2: yeah, and yeah, he says
1: yes, I will be there. So,
2: I should just point out there we're talking about Lila and the kids, and there's there's an interaction here between, uh, for Clint and Lila and and Clint and their oldest son, Cooper. Cooper, uh, this is the biggest time jump from the blip in the MCU, in terms of like how far post blip we are. Uh because if you go back to uh what endgame, mm-hmm. there uh, the youngest kid was still what an infant? Yeah, or or very, very young. And now he's like what uh five, six, seven, eight, maybe even nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh the whole dynamic about who's in charge.
1: Yeah, with <laughs> Cooper in charge. being older but uh, of being more mature. You're in charge, you've always been in charge. Don't let anything happen to them. <laughs> and don't lose Nate
2: of course yeah don't lose Nate
1: <laughs> no I, w- I was confused a little bit on Nate is Nate hearing impaired because he's using some sign language and I Clint think, is right back to him
2: I think that is a I think that's a way to communicate to us that the kids are adapting to Clint's disability yeah and I don't mean that in terms of a disability but they are accommodating him okay yeah 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 So
1: we uh, shift again back to Moira's apartment and uh, Clint tells her, you know, you should stay here, be safe. And once again, you know, that Rogers, the musical, it rears its head as the media campaign comes up on the TV. Oh, I
2: know the big commercial. And it's, it's weird. Like the TV is really old. I, okay. So I'm not the only one who picked up on that, That it's a,
1: it's a floor
2: model CRT television. Yeah. Barely vintage. Like, giant honking speakers on both yeah. sides of it like that would have been a top of the line tv in its day it would have been yeah in like 1985 <laughs> not in uh 2021 or whenever this is supposed to be was the t- the time jump for endgame put us in where uh, 5 years post 29, 29- 2018 i think so 2023 i think so and then this is supposed to be what 2 years after that at least so this is like 2024. Five? Something like that. It's very convoluted.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: but uh
1: they go on and Kate tells him, you know, I have to go to work. And it's a security company,
2: so I'll be safe there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to her mom's company. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he's reluctantly, he like accepts it. He's like, You're not gonna stay put, are you? And she's like, No. So he's like, go get changed. And they make their way down.
2: Do you think the security company was mom and, and dad's uh joint venture or that? one or the other parent was sort of the, the primary and the other one just went along with it.
1: I'm not too sure.
2: I'm not either. Do you think it's going to come up later?
1: Maybe because Kate has, you know, suspicions and
2: whatnot, but I feel like the security company is an easy way to write off uh, access to stuff. Even if stuff just means money.
1: Well, not just money, but multiple times in the show she uses like, oh, look, I got security access. Yeah,
2: so I, I mean, the triangulate whole triangulate wherever your phone is. Right. The whole give me your number thing. Yeah. Come on.
1: Uh, on the way to the company, though, we get a couple more Easter eggs and this, oh, yeah, yeah. we do. It's uh, this time it's a nod to Disney itself. Right. With the Disney store actually oh, up. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. And I don't know if it's coincidental or not, but next to it is a store called Forever. So Disney
2: Forever. Disney Forever. But that's, that's not, so cute. That's
1: totally not the only one in
2: this. Oh, they got uh they
1: got uh Robert John Burke, better yeah. known as the Naked Cowboy. The naked cowboy
2: <laughs> who has gained
1: notoriety performing in Times Square, yeah in New Orleans. In his underwear. <laughs> yep. Been arrested as well.
2: Oh that's so good.
1: Yeah so he's there hiding in the background but it's
2: uh, really cool uh and i know like for those of you who are, are uh, consuming this through our audio platforms you can't see this but i mean you can certainly go and research the naked cowboy and see this but like the the photo within the photo that you have that we're looking at presently could that have been like within the same time frame of when they're filming it because the the girls that are with him it's cold out. They're wearing like hats and coats and it's quite possible. And in the show, both Clint and Kate are like coats and like, it's not, it's, it's Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: This particular photo came from his Facebook page. So uh,
2: you, you got to wonder if he's i uh, D I'd be interested. And i probably will. as I'll go, I'll go and check out his social media to see if there was anything around the time of the production to see if they, gave him a shout out or anything like
1: that it's quite possible the expanded
2: version of this photo does show the disney store in the background interesting so So it's it's literally on really the same corner yeah yeah man that's that's cool
1: but uh they continue walking and uh clint switches places with her and she's really marks like oh what a gentleman and he's like no no it's just i need to hear you and points out the hearing aid yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, as they're walking, a the child calls out, "Oh, there's a superhero!" And the mom's like, "Oh, you know, go get right, a photo with him." Right. And he thinks it's
2: for him. He thinks it's him. Yes. So he
1: turns, but then you hear in the background, you know, Hulk smash, and uh, turns out it's a bunch of cosplayers that are doing the right. Times Square performance thing. And you know, we see Captain America, Thor, Ant Man, and Kate points out, "Oh, look, there's you. It's you." But he's like, "No." That's, uh, that's Katniss, Katniss Everdeen
2: <laughs> from uh, Hunger Games. Uh, <laughs> oh,
1: that's so funny.
2: Yeah. So he's uh, up on his movies. Which means that the Hunger Games exists in the uh, the MCU. Yes. And Disney exists within the MCU. Uh, that's, yeah. yeah. So, well, why wouldn't they? True.
1: But, uh, you know, Kate goes on to tell Clint that your problem is branding.
2: You know what? It just it just occurred to me. Can you go back to that image for a second? Yeah. As we're looking at this, I just does that not look like the authentic helmet to Ant Man one? It's possible. My God. Well, mind you, it's got some dents in, it, so maybe it's a rubber mask. But it could have been cast or pulled out of that. Most certainly. Like yeah, they yeah. have access to it. Well, this uh... is what I mean. They've they've got <laughs> they've got all the assets. They can do whatever they want with it. But I mean that's probably one of the better Ant-Man costumes they've maybe I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: But uh, going on to uh, her telling him it's branding is your problem. He retorts. No, it's you. And it's the Ronan suit.
2: Yeah. 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 She says, no, it's, it's, it's your branding. But that also speaks to the idea that the general public does not know who he uh, is. what Ronan, who Ronan really is.
1: Or for that matter, he's you know not the most popular Avenger. No. But, uh, you know, he asked her, what do you think I'm selling? And she's like, you're selling inspiration.
2: You inspire people. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, certainly that, and that goes right back to, uh, when her father's office was blown out of their building. Yeah. I mean, she was so fixated on. Well, in the face of all that yeah. destruction,
1: here's somebody still, you know, out there trying A to normal.
2: G- and that's the thing too, right? The, it, it was sort of the, uh, clint is the butt of all the jokes about a guy with a bow yeah not to her no not to her you can run out of arrows and yeah, still be yeah heroic. yeah but uh they arrive at bishop security
1: and clint figures if all goes well this will be the last time they see each other yep and he said you know here put your number in for emergencies only yes and she's like okay yeah yeah
2: and then the whole i'll call you no please don't yeah <laughs>
1: and you know he wishes her merry christmas and says the goodbyes and she's like, you know, I'll call you later. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't (laughs) emergencies only. (laughs) But uh, once in the building, she goes straight for her mom's office and she bursts in and, you know, starts to talk to her, but then out of nowhere, Jack's there too. And, you know, he's there and she, you know, nicely enough, she offers condolences to him about her, his uncle.
2: I think it, because, you know, as much as you don't like somebody, you're not gonna be a complete jackass in the face of you just lost a relative or you know someone close to you. Yeah. But there's this weird tension going on between the two of them. Like she doesn't trust
1: him. No. And I don't know how far he is on her, but like he's it is like a fencing duel,
2: which yeah, we yeah, yeah. literally
1: see later. But oh yes, they are definitely sparring.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
1: And just as she's right about to cut to the point and ask about the inheritance. Uh, Eleanor cuts her off and inquires about the outfit she's wearing and the fire in her apartment. Yeah,
2: there was a fire in your apartment last night. You want to talk about that?
1: <laughs> and she's like, well, no. and then, but Jack jumps in quick and he's like, "Don't worry about it. She's only testing the new dynamic because she's threatened by my presence."
2: You know, and, and that he understands why, and that, but you know, in light of, I shouldn't say what we know because we don't really know a lot about him, but in light of what we've seen, yeah. That would be the, you know, I don't want to say he's trying to fit in, but well, on some level, he's trying to downplay, like, cause she's already suspicious of him. And I think he knows that she's suspicious of him at this
1: yeah. point. But he goes out and he says, you know, I bought a book on how to be a stepdad. Right. And she's like, well, you know, money well spent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh,
2: sarcasm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thinking the discussion might be left till later. Uh, Eleanor invites Kate to dinner where Jack will be cooking. Right. And she accepts, but only if she can select the conversation topics.
2: So, yeah. I found that a weird line. That was a uh, weird line. It just mean for me, she's just going to jump right in it. Does that tie into the whole, uh, her, the, what happens at dinner with the, I think so. Oh, okay.
1: But uh, again, we shift gears and we jump over to central park where Clint has found the LARPers but he's barred from entry until it's over. <laughs> Sorry. You can't go in. Yeah. What do and you mean? He's what like, when's it over? And they're like midnight.
2: Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: So rather than wait, he signs up to participate and uh, he gets his mission papers and his armor. And
2: uh... <laughs> he doesn't even, and it, it's funny because he's like, do I have to? Cause I, as this is happening, I'm like, it's, he's an Avenger. Like he doesn't need this. He doesn't need this armor. No, just wipe the floor with all of them. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. But uh, once he's in there, you
1: know, he quickly clears his way through the crowd to get to his target who agrees, you know, I'll give you the suit. What could I kill you? Can I kill you? Because this will be as close to a real superhero. Yeah. 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 Here. And it just speaks to Clint's, you know,
2: isn't that an interesting, you know, like the whole don't meet your heroes thing. And then here is an Avenger standing in front of you and what it would mean for them. I mean, here's a guy who like, we think he's a firefighter, um, you know, and let's, let's not, uh, it's not lost on me that firefighters are heroes too. Like yeah, they they absolutely are. Um, but for him, who's just a normal dude, you know, how much that would mean for him in terms of, you know, status with his LARPing friends. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And like the girl on the left or, yeah, I guess she's on the left, but she points out, you know, a lot of these guys are firefighters. They are police officers, Yeah, firefighters and cops. Yeah. So you don't want to start anything. No, bad. no.
2: Of course, they don't know who he is. No. Yeah. Well, she says she's like, I know who you are. Oh, yes. But yes, I don't want true. it to get messy. Right. So. And it would get messy because unless they got guns. Yeah. There's nobody taking him down. No, that's what I mean. But uh,
1: again, we shift gears and we jump back over to Bishop security. And we find Kate on her way out and she's sending some texts that are, you know, playful yet unknowingly hurtful. And, uh, you know, miss me yet. Don't pretend to be busy. We both know you don't have any friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm thinking she doesn't know about Natasha. Uh,
2: Probably not. They, I don't know. This is the thing, right? What does the world we saw at the end of the Black Widow film, we saw the, the headstone, which was we know that she's dead. Yeah. But what what did they tell the world? Did they tell the world anything? I mean, when an Avenger dies at, at this point, that's got to mean something to the general public. Yeah. So what did they tell the rest of the world? Cause it's not like she got a big funeral. No. Yeah.
1: So who knows there?
2: I mean, do you think they know that she died in space on another planet, potentially in another reality? I kind of doubt it. Yeah. That's kind of where I am too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But uh, thinking that it's Clint returning her call, you know, she answers. Yeah. And it turns out it's not. It's Detective Cottle who is calling to question, you know, about the burnt out apartment. And this is another comic book throwback. Uh, Detective Cottle made his first appearance in Hawkeye, volume four, number 14. Oh, OK. And in the comics, he worked with Kate while they were trying to bling, eh, trying to bring Flint Ward to justice who was an arson criminal
2: and florist arson. Funny that he's chasing an arsonist. Yeah. There's a fire.
1: Yeah. So oh. it could be more than that, or it could just be, you know, dun, 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 dun. yeah. But, uh, you know, he's like, we would like you to come in for a talk. And she catches Jack out of the corner of her eye. And she's like, you know, I'm at work. I can't really do it right now. He's like, okay, you know, tomorrow before work. Yeah. How about tomorrow? She's like, Sure. And after that, you know, they've made the appointment and we shift again, we go back over to central park, back to the park yeah. where we find, you know,
2: Hawkeye is engaging in trial by combat for the suit. It's funny how just nonplussed he is. And I, and I love this. I love the whole sequence because of the, (laughs) the slow motion just makes it so much more impactful, but like, look, look at how like, just not thrilled he is, as he's like, literally He's not even like swinging the thing. He's just literally touching the the other larpers with the sword yeah. and they're like, "Oh," and they're they're like They're going full over exaggerating, like falling down. Oh, oh, "Oh!" And he's just like, "Yeah, whatever."
1: And this scene in particular, there's a guy in the crowd and he's making all the sword clanking noises. Yeah. <laughs> ka-ching, ka-ching. And Clint
2: leans right in. He's like, "You know, kill me." He's like, "No, we got to make it look real." There's no offense to like actual larpers out there, but like you can't tell me that there's a guy off to the side who's doing Foley. Maybe <laughs> is there, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be fun <laughs> to do the Foley. <laughs> yeah. It'd be fun to do it in this environment in the studio. I don't know if it'd be fun to do it standing on the side of the, watching it.
1: Mm. I don't know. We've all
2: made noises. Mm. Okay. Yes. Yes, we have. <laughs> I'll leave it at that.
1: But, uh, you know, Hawkeye plays along and getting mid duel. He's like, come on, kill me. Make the kill shot. Yeah. And finally he does, and the duel is over. And afterwards, you know, he hands over the suit, and Clint gives him his stuff back. You know, he says, You know, can you drop this off at the front desk? I don't need this on my credit card. Yeah. 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 He's like, Yeah, they
2: will charge you. (laughs) Yeah, they will. (laughs) I like the line between them, or I guess uh, between Clint and uh, the firefighter, where he's like, Listen, this is what I want. He's like, You can either we can either do this and you can give me the, the, the suit or I can knock you out. or I will knock it. you out and I will still take the suit. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't even bat an eye. He's like, mom, just give it to you. Yeah. I'll just give it can to you. Me. Help me out with one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, uh, you know, they have, they, they have this really great exchange. Cause you know, he's like, call me Clint. Yeah. And he's like, really? He's like, Oh, you don't know how much I appreciate this. Like, I'm going to be telling my people about this for ages. Yeah. And yeah.
2: it's true. Right Like. I feel like that the interaction, they, they spend a lot of time setting that up. Like the whole call me Clint thing that I feel like somewhere down the line in the series, we have not seen the last of this
1: particular fire
2: as of yet nameless firefighter. Oh no, he's going to name his grills grills. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I think he's coming back.
1: Yeah, it's possible. But, uh, you know, he takes off and he calls home to let them know he's going to be another day or so, because he still has to deal with the tracksuit mafia. Right. And Laura tells him, you know, you got five days to keep your promise and be home for Christmas. Yep. And she's, you know, what, what's the play you're going to use? And he says, you know, I'm going to use catch and release.
2: Yes. <laughs> and uh, she's like, all right, just be safe. Catch and release, which is like in no way a reference to the black widow's style of,
1: yeah. Well, the next, scene coming up it's really reminiscent of that opening scene
2: where natasha is with a telephone call it's for you it's for her yeah what i'm working
1: (laughs) yep but uh we shift back to uh eleanor's apartment and we find her and jack and kate having dinner yeah and that tension is still there
2: yeah yeah it is
1: and you know they're sparring again still back and forth and kate asks him about his sword verbally sparring yeah which leads to a quick you know a roundabout chat about fencing yeah and she lays down the challenge you know well why don't
2: we go around she she makes a point to say that she's got some extra gear which tells me that that very clearly if there was any doubt that's her mom's house yeah before they ever got together yeah yeah
1: because when she comes back at first you know she shows her another medal and she's like you know add this to the pie. yeah
2: yeah that's right so um,
1: he's you know quick I don't know if this is just because he's trying to, you know, win points with Eleanor, but he's quick to say, yeah, let's do it. You know, it's a great way to bond. Yep. And you know, they go for it. As they're uh, going back and forth, you know, he, he's on retreat. She is on advance and multiple times she admonishes him. Don't let me win.
2: Yeah. I mean, even, uh, let's, let's, ourselves if you or i were in jack's shoes you would not just stand there take a few steps back and let yourself get hit you and i as novice never held a foil epay or whatever would not as a fencer would not just stand there and go oh okay you you got me ha 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 you're really good right which just like at that point you're like oh i don't like you (laughs) <laughs> yeah, cuz he's got that air about him, right? He does, and he's got that cheesy little mustache. <laughs> I hate it.
1: <laughs> but uh, you know, she keeps uh advancing and he's like, you know, I'm not hiding anything. I'm an open book. And yeah. uh finally, you know, he takes his uh headgear off and so does she and she just advances anyway and without even looking, he disarms yeah, her. Yeah, exactly. And in doing so, you know, see? That proves it. He's lying. And I, I agree with her. You are lying. Yeah. And, but he, right on cue, he's like, you know, yeah, I did. I did town play my skill, uh, but, uh, you know, I am sorry for that. And she's like, no, I proved you were lying. Yeah. Which I successfully did. But the mother's like, no, you just tried to stab him. In she the head. doesn't.
2: Yeah. Mom does not see that that was the game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, uh, at that point, Jack, he takes his leave and, you know, mom still, you know, what are you thinking? But I think this might be a good time to touch on
2: his comic book counterpart. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into that.
1: So uh, in the comic books, he is Jacques Duquesne. Jacques
2: Duquesne. Yeah.
1: Sometime villain, sometime hero. Uh, He started out as a circus performer with a mastery over knives, swords, and blade typed
2: weapons. Yeah, Yeah. And he was known as the swordsman, the swordsman. I mean, so, I mean, the motifs are there.
1: Uh, we're pretty
2: much on the nose here that that's who we're talking
1: about. Yeah. Yeah. And in the comics, he would become a mentor to a young Clint Barton. Interesting. So Barton, unfortunately, would be the one that discovered he had robbed the circus they were working for to pay his mounting gambling debts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that would cause him to flee, and he would go on to commit crimes around the world, and at one point, he tried to join the Avengers, thinking it could lead him to a bigger score. Oh. But he's uh, found out and saved by the Mandarin of all people. Oh, really? Who gives him a tech upgrade and, okay. and falsifies documents and sends him back again to join them, which he does, but he ends up developing a crush on the Scarlet witch. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And during this big plan of the Mandarins, you know, fearing for her safety, he goes in and he disarms the bomb, but unfortunately doing so he gets caught red handed with the bomb. And yep. They think, Oh, you're trying to blow us up. Oh, okay. so he would flee again and he reverts to crime, but only for a short while because his heart's no longer in it. Okay. And then he would meet mantis. Yes. That oh, mantis. really? That
2: mantis. Yeah. Okay.
1: Who would convince him, you know, you can be a hero again. Right, right, right. And he would
2: eventually lose his life while saving hers from Kang, the conqueror. Well, it's funny now that you've laid all that out, that he's to all, to me, it sounds like he's primarily been portrayed as a, a hero they certainly are not setting him up to be that way. No, but like Hawkeye started out as a villain as well. When you right? talk about that's true. When you talk about your uh we talked about this in our Masters of the Universe uh, uh review with Goatman and Pig Boy about, you know, when those guys are showing up, you know, you've reached the bottom of the barrel. Uh going all the way back to, you know, the original uh like iron man one i mean iron man was not an a-list character no. prior to the mcu where do you put you know uh um the swordsman the swordsman like z list maybe <laughs> i don't know like well some i've never some heard of him before. as the worst avenger the worst avenger
1: okay but, fair enough you know all who you ask but, and you know, there's many more tales past his death because he's resurrected a couple of times and, but you know, a couple of times, a couple of times, well, well,
2: that's comic books for you. Yeah,
1: totally. But we'll get back to our show here. And, All right. uh, you know, Kate still convinced that Jack is hiding something. Well, as, And
2: so am I for the record, by the way. Yeah.
1: Asks her mother, you know, how much of a coincidence is it that Armand was killed the same night that he threatened Eleanor by a sword in New York? Yeah. And, you know, she's like, that's just crazy. You're being nuts. And then Jack reenters the scene and Eleanor, she's quick, you know, let's put this behind us. Then, you know, you got to apologize to him, which yeah. she
2: does. Yeah. yeah, She wants to move on.
1: Yeah. Which, you know, she apologizes, but uh, she's really snide with it. She's like, sorry for making you tell the truth.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and again, still verbally sparring with him. What's funny though, is that like, as a young person who has lashed out against you know adults i've said similar lines like i still think you're you're a you know a beep, but you know what i mean like oh i'm sorry like i'm not sorry for what i did i'm sorry for making you tell the truth like you're still a you know you're yeah still yeah. Something yeah yeah wrong you're still a <laughs>
1: <asshole>. <laughs> but then uh, we get our next clue and he offs her a butterscotch
2: and that's why i say you know like maybe he really is
1: maybe but uh she quickly recognizes like oh those are those monogrammed butterscotch right
2: and that's where i'm like oh he is definitely hiding something and like you can't tell me that he just randomly picked up he didn't just randomly offer her a monogram butterscotch to say that oh i had nothing to do with the death of armand but he might
1: i mean it is his uncle he He would be over there visiting sure If he doesn't have the money, why not grab a handful of butterscotch for the road?
2: And I suppose as a red herring, uh, yes, that can work, but it really, really lends itself to, like, you know, like, uh, you want to, like, twirl your cheesy mustache and, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. But
1: uh, they are the same butterscotch, and that leads Kate, you know, she's in her connection now. Yep. And she's, like, quick to grab her stuff, saying, you know, I forgot something at work. And... The mom, she's like, you know, I'm your boss. I'm pretty sure I can fix it. Yes. She's like, no, no, I, I just remember what time it is. I got to go. Yep. Yep. And uh, off she goes. And Jack, it's unclear how much he knows about her, but the look on his face, he knows something. Well, yeah, but of course he does. Of course he does. Yep. You know, so uh, again, we switch gears and we catch up with Clint and we find out, uh, you know, he's put his plan into action and he gets himself caught by the tracksuit mafia. Yep. On purpose. On purpose. Right. And Kate calls, but uh, he doesn't answer. So she tries calling, like, right again. And she's like, oh, back-to-back calls work. So uh, she <laughs> thinks she's got him, but no. <laughs> Someone else has picked up the phone. Clint Barton uh, can't
2: come to the phone right yeah. now.
1: <laughs> and her thinking Clint's in danger. She's like, you know, taxi driver, you got to go faster. Yeah, yeah. And inside the lair of the tracksuits, we find Clint uh, all tied up. And he's verbally sparring with these guys. Yep, yep, yep. And in the, the way they personify these guys, it's a weird cross between
2: like Russian and street slang. When I saw these guys, the joke is, I don't know. Did you see the movie, um, Owen Wilson and, and, uh, um, the guy who played, uh, oh my God, uh, Lex Luthor from the classic Superman movies. Gene Hackman. Um, yeah. They did that movie uh, where where Owen Wilson is a Navy fighter pilot behind enemy lines. The first behind enemy lines. You know what? I don't think I've seen it. Behind enemy lines is based on a true story of an American fighter pilot who was shot down in Bosnia. And uh, man, I've been, to, I, I deployed to Bosnia my first tour. And the, the joke was the, the tracksuit thing exactly almost exactly the same style that we're seeing in a Hawkeye. Oh no. We called it the Bosnian tuxedo. Oh jeez! And so I, as soon as I saw there's a whole tracksuit gang, I'm like, are they all Eastern European? And it's like, Oh, and then they come out with this like east thick Eastern European accent. And I'm like, oh, that's even more on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh,
1: but yeah, the sparring goes back and forth and, uh, You know he's like oh you know as far as layers go this isn't bad and he's like oh come on bro this is what they could afford you know yeah yeah, getting all torn up and you can't get warehouses anymore
2: they make a point of did you catch the line where they say uh they refer to presumably they're referring to some boss and they say she doesn't want him dead i did see that yeah who is she well we'll find her in a second okay but uh, Clint
1: says, you know, I'm, I'm here to be civil. I only want to talk to the boss talking to you guys, is like talking to furniture. Yeah. 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 And you know, he, they, de- they, they demand where is Kate Bishop? Yep. And he's like, you know, I'm not the guy you're after. And they're like, Kate Bishop is And right. Like, right. No, Kate Bishop is not the guy. Yeah. And uh, as they're sparring back and forth here, uh, Kate unknowingly falls through the skylight unwittingly. Yeah. Oops. And uh, <laughs> you know, they've got them all drawn down and she's like, Oh, were we supposed to bring guns?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh, shortly after that, they're both tied up again and secured to i I'm assuming like, you know, they look like those those, uh, quarter.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Throw a quarter in it and uh, get a kind of ride on it.
1: Yeah. But uh, they kind of laugh at that. And, you know, he's like, just don't talk. And one of the Ivans says, you know, uh-oh, you're in trouble now, bro. Yeah. And behind yeah, yeah. closed doors, we find the leader of the tracksuit mafia, who is played by Aquila Cox, Maya Lopez, a.k.a.
2: Echo. Echo. So uh we talked about this in the, the, the trailer, uh, in our, sorry, not the trailer, the Disney uh, Plus Day, yes. talking about this character. Now, this character is uh, set to springboard into something else her, her own spinoff series yeah yeah. Right?
1: but uh i i think we should save her origins for the next episode that's because fair. The, okay. she's got ties to criminal underworld and the kingpin and
2: okay well that's probably like, yeah, uh, yeah 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 not to spoil too much but, well uh, doesn't that just lend itself to the idea about who who purchased yeah avengers tower quite possibly oh interesting but uh we focus up on
1: her and they tell her you know we've got them both and she Beckons them go away.
2: Yeah. 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 Sends everybody away. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And we cut to black, and that's it. Episode two
2: (sighs) in the books. So we're not really sure. Obviously, she's going to interrogate them alone. Yeah. Uh, Certainly, that conversation is going to look different than what your typical goon would have with them. Mm -hmm. Interesting to see where that's going
1: to go. True. And maybe the foreshadowing with the kid trying to, you know, sign with Clint. Yeah, we'll give yeah, yeah, yeah. them a direct line of conversation. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe.
2: That being said, any predictions for uh, the next episode?
1: I think we're going to pick up straight away. I think just so Just like as we well. did
2: in uh, two. Any uh, predictions on how or when the Kingpin might make an appearance in this? I do not know. I don't know how they're going to slot him in yet. There's been some uh, discussion that Kingpin will appear in this. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that? I have heard that. Uh, did you hear that it might possibly be the Into the Spider Verse version, but mm. just done in CGI? I really hope not. I also hope that not. was not my favorite version of the Kingpin. No,
1: I want more Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh,
2: I'm right there with you, Vincent D'Onofrio uh, for the win for me. Yeah, but uh,
1: hey. there is there is one line that indicates yes, we might be getting him, and, and it's when is, he's talking to his wife, and he yeah. says, "You know, I got to deal with the tracksuits." because i don't know how far up it goes
2: who said that oh uh clint said that. that. yes yes clint did say that's a laura that's so
1: that leads me to believe you know he's going to follow the chain up to the boss
2: well i mean uh and how far do you chase it like how how far does it go exactly Ugh, what's above the kingpin is there anything above the kingpin
1: don't know interesting well Back in the day, there was multiple bosses and multiple
2: territories. That is true. Yeah, yeah. You had your silver mains and whatnot. Well, what do you think, man? That was our uh, that's our first kick at uh, on target. That's our uh, fandom power look at uh, the Marvel Studios series Hawkeye. Yeah, what do you think? As far as opening episodes go, like those two back to back, really strong start. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. on that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to number three. Next week or this week, actually. So uh, uh, Wednesday, I believe. Wednesday, I we'll be uh, consuming the uh, the episode. We'll take uh, the remainder of the week to uh, to write the show, and then uh, we'll be back next week, uh, Sunday. I don't even know what the date is. The next, I think the... we're into December by that point. Are we into December? By possible. All right. Well, we should be back to th- to normal by then. We should uh, have Hank back with us on the on the the cast. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I hope uh, you got anything you want to close on? Uh, You know what? Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, that's what I want to say as well. Thank you for uh, sticking with us for uh, enjoy or for hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, again, if you don't catch us here live on uh, on YouTube, you can always catch us uh, later on as the, the video will be made available. And uh, you can find us on all of the audio platforms where you like to consume your podcast, uh, uh, particularly on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, and uh, Google Podcasts. And if you like what we do, as always, I hope that you uh, comment, like, and share what we're doing with your friends and your your like-minded folks. Um, but again, until the next one, which is going to be sooner than you think. You know, if we missed anything, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. We want to Because I'm pretty sure I probably did well and that is part of uh i think the part they, of the fun of what we do yeah they layer it in heavy oh they do too and uh, we can't all be experts on everything but we sure do like to uh pretend yep. <laughs> all right well until the next one andy thanks very much for taking the lead on this one i look forward uh, to our next episode but until then for fandom power i'm wes and i'm andy we'll uh, talk to you next time have a good night you too hey
0: guys thanks for listening to fandom power Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. Fandom Power is a Sawcast production.